0: Hi, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! This is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Fires of Heaven, book five, please proceed with caution.
1: The night folded in over Brigitte like an ocean wave, enveloping her in blackness. When it passed, the bow dropped atop empty clothes as they collapsed. The clothes faded like fog burning off, and only the bow and arrows remained, shining in the moonlight. O'Gideon sank to her knees, panting, clutching the protruding arrow shaft with both hands as the glow around her faded and died. Then she vanished, and the silver arrow fell where she had been, stained dark with blood. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will dive in and discuss chapters 34 through 39 of the Fires of Heaven. Note. I have not read past Chapter 39, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of the Fires of Heaven or the next nine books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through Chapter 39, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here
0: and going to read. Chapter summaries, as always, from DragonMount.com. Luca flirts with Nynaeve to her purported frustration. Nynaeve enters Talaran Riad, where Brigitte tells her to watch Mogedion spy on the other Forsaken. Mogedion follows them back to the reflection of the circus wagons and attacks, but is shot by Brigitte. Mogedian ejects Brigitte from Teleron Riad, then wakes and seeks healing from her black Aja pets. Leandrin strikes during this moment of weakness, but Mogedion brushes off her efforts with ease. She punishes Leandrin by shielding her with a weave so complex that it will never unravel, and compelling her to live on no matter what future horrors beset her. Nynaeve wakes, sobbing about Brigitte's disappearance, but Tom and Julin arrive with the unconscious archer in their arms. Thrust into the real world in this untimely fashion, Brigitte is on the verge of death despite Nynaeve's attempts at healing, until Elaine tries bonding her as a warder. Tom and Julin give Elaine a silver arrow they found on the ground beside Brigitte. Elaine decides to tell them about mogedian Brigitte wakes, grieves for her absent Guidel, recently spun out by the pattern, and chooses the name Marion for her disguise. She shows Luca her archery skills and becomes part of Nynaeve's act. Birgitta taunts Nynaeve, trying to break her out of a guilty funk. Nynaeve spots a familiar face watching a lane on the high wire and decides to follow him. Nynaeve catches up to Uno, a one-eyed Shinaran, who informs her that his countryman Masima is the prophet who leads an army of dragonsworn in Gildon. Uno thinks Masima can find Nynaeve a boat to Tear. Uno takes Nynaeve to see the prophet. She lets her temper get the better of her and nearly earns the half-mad Massima's ire, but manages to obtain a promise to help her find a ship. Nynaeve witnesses Aleandra, the latest and longest-lived of many recent Gildanan monarchs, paying Massima tribute. Uno spots Galad following them back to the circus. Okay, things are kicking into higher gear here. Yep. Brigitta gets shown up a little bit. Nynaeve gets shown up a little bit. We get more kind of concrete knowledge that the world of dreams is, in fact, pretty terrifying a place for people to be when they're uneducated. Yeah. Because one of the things Mogedian threatens to do to Nynaeve is to turn her into a horse.
1: So that she is always a horse when she enters Teleron Riyadh.
0: Right. Which, yikes. Yeah. That's the thing that she can do. I don't know if that's less bad or worse or as bad as what she did to Egwene earlier with the like whole fake Two Rivers thing. I don't know. It's like, on the one hand, Mogadian has definitely created a whole fake place that's that feels exactly as real as it should have to Egwene, but then also here, she's very confident in her ability to turn Naive into a horse.
1: I think the horse thing is worse because it would stay true every time she goes back in a Teleron Riyadh, whereas Igway yeah. got out of the dream and then it, when she went back it wasn't there
0: anymore. That's true. Both display a kind of terrifying amount of mastery over the dream world. Yeah. One that like it seems like maybe even the wise ones don't necessarily have, which makes sense. Mogedon's been alive for a lot longer.
1: Also, she's evil, and evil people tend to want to explore a power more in order to exploit it to their own gain, Yeah. whereas someone who's good might go, I don't want to learn how to do this too much because then I might be tempted to use it for my own gain.
0: That's fair. Don't tell that to Rand. Raid would absolutely do that. He'd feel bad about it, but he would exploit some stuff.
1: Well, he's not exactly a good person. (laughs) He's kind of an antihero. The the series is kind of setting him up to be...
0: Is he an anti-hero or is he just the herald of doom?
1: I think he's not, like he's a hero, he's the protagonist, that doesn't make him a hero.
0: That's very true.
1: I think that his possibility to be going mad and then, you know, kill his entire family and then turn into a volcano (laughs) makes him not necessarily a good person. Like, I don't, that like doesn't make him percent It doesn't his, make him a bad person. His
0: potential to do bad things doesn't make him a bad person. If he doesn't do the bad things. But
1: he's not like the stereotypical, I am a good person. No. Which is Galad on the face.
0: Yes. He's definitely not a stereotypical chosen one. That's for sure. He's
1: not like Captain America in the first movie.
0: No, but he's...
1: He's more Captain America in the later movie when he yeah. like decides to you know, fuck with time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just to get he's some. still I think Rand still squarely falls into the hero territory. He's not an anti-hero. He's not doing good things in a bad way to the reader. He's doing good things in a bad way to the people of the world, but often they're nobles who are like, "No, we need our peasants." And he's like, "No, you don't get to abuse peasants anymore. Your laws apply to you too, asshole."
1: I don't know. This is not a Rand section. No,
0: Rand so... isn't in this section at all. It's all naive, with a little bit of Egwene and a little bit of Leandrin.
1: And by Egwene, you mean Elaine.
0: I do mean Elaine, yes. I get their names confused all the time. We are also very squarely in... I, I think at the beginning, when, when they first met Val and Luca, I complained about the circus. Do you understand why I complained about the circus? It takes so long to get through. Why are we still with this circus?
1: It doesn't feel like we've been with the circus that long.
0: Because there's been rand bits in between. But they've spent most of this book with this circus.
1: Or rather, I think it feels like they've been with the circus a long time, but it's taking us like three months to read this book. So
0: That's true. We have a lot going on in our lives.
1: Yes. I am launching a book. Yep. And we are moving. Yep. Zero out of ten do not recommend doing those two things at the same time.
0: Yeah, don't do it.
1: In case anyone out there is going to be an indie author... Don't move and launch your debut novel at the same time. Yeah, don't do it. PSA.
0: We'll we'll talk more about your book later. Yes. But back to Nynaeve. So Nynaeve goes back into the dream world for once. She's kind of started to get over what Egwene did to her, sort of.
1: Yeah, sort of. She's get still it like,
0: might be a better
1: on the tail end of whatever crisis she's going through. But she decides to go into the dream world, and I think it's she's her motivation for this trip is they're not purposely going to go meet Egwene as well. So right, she feels a little bit more comfortable. Yeah,
0: they're going to meet Brigetta because they want to spy on the Forsaken. Yep, and we get. We get Forsaken spying on Forsaken, which is interesting. Mogedion, who is clearly not a part of this kind of subgroup of Forsaken that we encountered at the beginning, is spying on them. I thought she was meeting with them. She is, but she isn't. It's... Like,
1: she was in that meeting.
0: Yeah, but she's not part of that group.
1: No. But she's like having she's... a meeting with them. She wasn't, like, watching their meeting. She yeah. was. She held a meeting.
0: Yeah. And, and there's something going on there. They kind of speak in code and, and stuff. and they're trying to hide things from each other as well as anybody who might be listening and, and even though they're very very confident they are at least smart here and they're not saying things outright as much. It's a meeting of evil people. Yep. But Brigitta helps Nynaeve spy on them and they get out of there when they think Moghideon has noticed and they're like, oh good, we're safe.
1: And then she shows up.
0: Yeah, Moghideon knew the whole time. Yeah. Because plot twist the character who's good in the wheel in the wheel of dreams, that's not even remotely in the world of dreams is good at being in the world of dreams. Plot twist. Oh man, huge shocking twist. And they really get just absolutely trounced by her. Yep. Brigitte is utterly ineffective.
1: She does well. No. She
0: Until does the very shoot end, Mel-Gideon. But only because Mogetian let her guard down. She assumed Brigitte was dealt with. Yeah. She was taking her time and gloating with Nynaeve. And that's the only reason they got out. the only reason they got out from this is Mogadian was arrogant. Yeah,
1: she got she girlbossed a little bit too close to the sun.
0: Yeah, a little bit <laughs> common thing in the wheel of time. Yeah, but yeah, so so Mogadian shows up and like you, she doesn't even really have to use the one power, right? She's just holding. She does use the one power to hold Nynaeve, but she just like flattens Brigito with the with the like world of dreams. Yeah, and starts kind of gloating. Yep. Because.
1: You know, the supervillain monologue.
0: Yeah, at least this time it feels a little bit more earned.
1: Because, you know, she's been captured.
0: Nynaeve's been captured, yeah. And even then, the last time they met, Nynaeve beat her.
1: Right, so this is like the, this is the time in the movie when you have the supervillain monologue. And, you know, it's to their own detriment because the hero is working on their plan and they just needed. stall, so they asked the villain what their plan was, and of course, you know, they can't help themselves.
0: Right, and that, what that monologuing, monologuing, I can't talk, monologuing, earns Mogadian is an arrow in the chest. Yep. Brigitte manages to stand up, draw her bow, and shoot Mogadian, which saves Nynaeve and Brigitte both. Yeah. Sort of.
1: Sort of. Because Mogadian just completely ejects her.
0: Yeah, which... Apparently, that's a thing you can do. Apparently. I, I do kind of wonder, like, does that work? It probably wouldn't, but does that work on real people? Like, what happens if she did that to a person?
1: Yeah, like, can you eject a person from the Wheel, wheel of Dreams? I'm doing I it was, to you, too. <laughs> you're doing it to me. Does, yeah, can you eject someone from the World of Dreams? I don't know, because
0: their body still exists. is a hero of the Horn. She exists fully in Talaranriod, which is part of her strength there.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you did try to eject someone from the Teleron Riyadh, if it would just kind of, like, push them, basically wake them. I
0: wonder if it would just leave them brain dead. Like,
1: or if it would just push them back to their bodies. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Interesting thoughts there. Kind of
1: like, yeah, I don't know.
0: Like, because it's, it's sort of like their soul. It's implied to be their soul in the world of dreams.
1: Yeah, and I was going to make a really, really obscure reference to, like, those ectoplasm things in the Scooby-Doo movie.
0: Oh, jeez, yeah, that is... <laughs>
1: And, like, when they knocked over that tub of all the ectoplasm people, they...
0: (laughs) Do you think they're just going to do body swaps now?
1: They're just, like, they go until they find their proper host. So, like, if you get ejected from the world of dreams and you have a body already there, do you just... Does that, you know, random bit of dream soul just, like, kind of wander until it finds their body
0: again? I don't know. Or does it go into that, like, interstitial space that Egwene has access to from being a dreamer? Like, there is that, like, void with where people's actual dreams are that Egwene can access. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. In any case, Valgadian ejects Brigitte from the world of dreams, which is not a good thing. She's bound to the pattern itself. Yeah. To be reborn, and now she hasn't been reborn. She's in the the real, the waking world, and she hasn't been reborn.
1: And usually she comes several years back into the pattern after Geidel.
0: Yep, who has been reborn. We, I, I think we had it confirmed earlier, but definitely here it's like, okay, Geidel has been born. There is a child somewhere that is Geidel Kane.
1: Okay, I was... I need confirmation on this. Was it implied way earlier that he might have been reborn?
0: Yeah. Brigham okay. mentions that she hasn't seen him around for a bit.
1: Okay. That's... I forgot about that and was confused. So I'm like, does her getting ejected automatically make him be born? Is it like... Well, nobody knows. Is it's it like, never happened. Is it like the Avatar? Like the second an Avatar dies, a new one's born? <laughs> like making all kinds of dated references today.
0: Yep. Well, we're reading the Wheel of Time. Touché. But yeah, nobody knows. This has never happened before. It's kind of a brand new thing. And I say it's never happened. It's probably happened at some point. It's the wheel of time.
1: If it happened once, it's happened. It's going to happen again.
0: Yep. But Brigitte sure as hell doesn't know what happens. And she's one of the people who would. Yeah. She's in her, ver- the version of her in the world of dreams remembers all of her lives.
1: Yeah. And then this version of her kind of does as well, which is weird.
0: Well, it's the same, ver- it's the same Brigitte. She hasn't been reborn. She's just her.
1: Yeah. Her head's probably full of stuff. Yep. And she remembers stories that, you know, they were they get told differently now. And she's, like, telling the original story. Yeah. And like, that is not how that's told now.
0: Yep. And she picks a name for herself. We'll get to the the other stuff. But there's, there's a fun little thing with the name that she picks for herself. She, she tells Luca to call her Marion.
1: Well, this is after, I think, one of my favorite bits in this section. She, like, challenges him to a bow and arrow thing. And yeah, he's, he's like, oh, do you... Er, well, she's got her hair in the braid, and
0: yeah, and, and how and it starts like, is that
1: oh, do you fashion yourself after Brigita? Yeah, and it's so funny, and he just keeps calling her Brigida, which he's doing it mockingly.
0: But also, but it's true.
1: Also, it's true. Like he, it's the opposite of like you got you've got the vibes, but not the practicality. <laughs> it's like he he doesn't he's got the practicality, but not the vibes. Like, he's right, but
0: yep. he's not with the spirit of it. And he thinks she's just some townie and yeah. who wants to join the circus. And he's like, I have no use for useless people. Everybody needs to carry their weight.
1: And then she shows him up. Yep. And then he's like, oh, we'll paint your bow and arrow silver. And she's like, like no, no we're won't. not.
0: That makes it trash. <laughs> he's like, He she challenges him and basically says, I'm probably one of the best archers you're ever going to meet. And he's like, I'm a good shot. And he just shoot a bullseye. Yeah. But then she shoots a bullseye, and then she shoots another bullseye, and then she splits the first arrow that she shot, and then she splits the second arrow that she shot. Pulls the good old double Robin Hood.
1: Yeah, good and, old flex.
0: And then, in a fun Wheel of Time Easter egg, tells him her name is Marion. Maid Marion. That's who she was. It's fun.
1: Does that make Geidel Robin Hood?
0: Probably. Okay. Or, I don't know, who some other person in the Robin Hood mythos.
1: Yeah, but I feel like Robin Hood and Marion yeah. were like an item, and since Brigitte and Guido are always an Robin item. Hood
0: wasn't supposed to be ugly, though. Guido Kane is always ugly. That's why she doesn't like Val and Luca, because she thinks he's too pretty. <laughs> I love her. She, she comments on it. He's like, yeah, he looks good, but he's he looks too good. Fuck him.
1: <laughs> I love her <laughs> so much.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's circle back to some of the Brigitte stuff, because... After she gets ejected, it's kind of a rough time.
1: Nynaeve is, like, just... This is the thing that... If she she wasn't already broken, she is now.
0: Yes. Definitely. She wakes up sobbing. Tom and Julen have just found a naked Brigitte in the woods. Yep. Which, that's a weird thing to come across. Like, she
1: just, like, popped up near their campfire. Yep. they're like, okay... (laughs) Let's
0: take her to Nynaeve.
1: And Nynaeve tries to heal her, and... Desperately. Yeah, and it's just not working. This is
0: maybe the most desperate we've ever seen, Nynaeve.
1: Yeah. I feel like the way the book describes it is about how desperate she was in the show when she kind of just explodes and brings Lan back. Maybe. Basically.
0: It's close to that for sure. I think this might be a little worse, if only because in this case, it's her fault.
1: Yes, but I think just, like, the level of, like, she's never tried so hard and she's never channeled so strongly. Yeah, Elaine... The way that it is described is... Yeah, Elaine is sort of
0: in awe of the number of weaves she's shoving into Brigitte to no effect. Yeah. None of them have any effect at all. She tries weaves, she tries herbs, Brigitte's just dying.
1: And so Elaine pulls the best move and bonds her as a warder and I love it so much. Yep.
0: Just an absolutely thin thread of logic which is well warders get strength when they get bonded so what if I try bonding this dying woman?
1: <laughs> then she'll just pull from some of my strength.
0: And uh, I love it, it works. and
1: if we didn't think Elaine was already kind of a bi queen
0: <laughs> she is now. And I don't I don't think Elaine and Brigitte work at all.
1: Okay, that doesn't matter. This is heavily queer-coded. Sure. It's a, it's just a very queer-coded thing.
0: I guess she is one of the only Aes Sedai who has ever bonded a woman. Yeah. Like, there's there's mention of it having happened a couple of times, maybe. Certainly not with any regularity. And so Elaine does. And it works. Brigitte stabilizes. She wakes up a couple days later Nynaeve has been, like, holding vigil.
1: I think it's just the next day.
0: <sighs> Is it the next day? I, I think thought it's it, just the next I, I day. I thought it was...
1: Because they would have been moving already because they're close to town. That's true. So it's just the next day. And she's yeah. like, I am starving.
0: Yep. Which I, I'm wondering that, that starving could come from a couple of different things. She's ha, She hasn't had a body in millennia, Yep. basically, or at least centuries. And also, Nynaeve shoved a lot of healing into her. Yeah. And we've established Nynaeve's healing is different, but generally, one power healing take you know costs people some energy. When Matt got healed, he they had to stuff him full of food until he was basically a balloon.
1: Well, he was like ravenous, but I th- I thought that was partially just because he had been dealing with the dagger for so long, he wasn't eating while he was on the dagger. Partially. And so,
0: but I Sedai I healing also people have to eat after it.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Nynaeve's healing is, is, is different. She she does it in a different way. Um, she uses all five of the powers. She doesn't use the same weave for everything. Otherwise, I use the same healing weave for everything. Yeah. Yeah. But Brigitte is up and about, and, and she shows up, Val and Luca, and uh, gets made part of Nynaeve's act.
1: And she asks for the same dress.
0: <laughs> yep. They she both wants have... the dress. <laughs> yes. Brigitte's a little bit of a, oh God, what's the opposite of a voyeur? Exhibitionist? Yes. No. That is, yes.
1: Yeah. Exhibitionist.
0: Yeah, she likes showing off. She likes being looked at.
1: Yeah, I love her so much.
0: Yeah, and, and so, so now instead of Tom throwing knives at Nynaeve, Brigitte is going to be shooting at her with an arrow. Yeah, and a bow. Shooting with a bow and arrow is a weird term to me. It's like you don't shoot the bow. I guess you shoot a gun. Yeah, you shoot at her bullets. with
1: a bow. Yeah. You you shoot at someone with a gun yeah. and it fires but, bullets. But
0: people say you shoot at somebody with a bow and arrow. You don't say you shoot at somebody with a gun and bullets.
1: Not everyone says and arrow. You can just say bow.
0: I know. You hear it way more often with both than, a well, than that's, just a bow. Because
1: people tend to say bow and arrow as if it's one word.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It's weird. I have no reason behind thinking it's weird other than that I find it weird. Yeah,
1: well...
0: Like, why don't people say gun and bullets?
1: Because that's dumb.
0: Yeah, bow and arrow is kind of dumb, too. But also, it just sounds right. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That is not the subject of our podcast. That is not the subject of our podcast, but it's not that far off. It's not a linguistics podcast. It's not a
0: linguistics podcast. That's very fair.
1: Yeah, so she gets shown up. She wants the fancy dress. And then Nynaeve also wears the fancy dress and... Yep. Because they're matching.
0: And here's where I think we're starting to see Nynaeve come back. Uh, after the after Brigida's thing, we've started I think we've we've reached the lowest point for Nynaeve.
1: And Brigitte kind of snaps her out of it pretty quickly and is like, you gotta stop. Or I'll, like I am my own person. I made the decisions. Right. You are insulting me.
0: <clears throat> and it, it starts because Nynaeve goes to her and is like I wouldn't blame you if you just accident if you accidentally shot me. Like you could kill me. Girl, I wouldn't blame you. Nynaeve, please get it together.
1: She needs a hug.
0: She needs a hug. She needs a hug from Lamb.
1: Yeah, she needs a hug from Lamb. Yeah,
0: Loyal would do it as a substitute. <laughs> Nynaeve wouldn't feel that way, but I'll take a loyal hug. That's fine.
1: I feel like if like. She needs the hug from Lan, but Loyal probably gives really great hugs, yeah. so it would hold her over yeah. until she saw Lan.
0: Loyal's just big and comforting.
1: I want a Loyal hug. Yeah. I also just want Loyal in this book, and I know we're not going to get <laughs> any of it, and that's just, that already makes this book like lower in the rankings. That's fair. Like, even though I'm enjoying parts of it, once I've read all the 14 books and I kind of put them in my ranking of, like, which ones, it, this one doesn't have Loyal in it.
0: No, it doesn't. It, it's not the worst one. That's book 10.
1: So far, that's book three.
0: I like book 10 less less than book three. I liked book three. Book three is just weird. I didn't think book three was bad. I just yeah. think it's weird. I thought it was bad. <laughs> that's your opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. That's why I put thought.
0: That's true. But yeah, so Nynaeve... To, to come back to it Nynaeve is basically like Brigitte you can kill me and Brigitte's like no you dumb bitch I made the choices you didn't make me do anything you, I what do you who do you think you are being able to make me do things yeah like you I didn't compel gro- me I'm a grown ass woman <laughs>
1: yeah I love Brigitte so much
0: yeah she's this she's pretty a great a
1: podcast appreciation podcast now
0: that's fair she's great
1: cause it used to be a naive one and Nynaeve is pissing me off right now yeah
0: so and and you know, we really do get to see her her come back to herself a little bit. A little bit. Because later on when she's with Masima, she snaps at Masima in a very, like, justified way.
1: Because he's nuts. Oh,
0: yeah. He's fully gone off the deep end.
1: The, like, I can't remember. It was like this, the weird religious people in, in Game of Thrones. Like, the seven-pointed star the, people. The
0: sparrows?
1: The sparrows. He, yeah. He reminds me of those.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Except dedicated to Rand.
1: I don't even remember what the sparrows were dedicated to but just
0: being religious fundamentalists
1: i mean this is the same thing
0: sort of except it's also new it's interesting and and i like what he did here and we'll get we'll get more into that but 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 first let's get into how she gets to masima which is during the performance she notices some bald dude with a top or mostly bald dude some guy with a shaved head and a top knot and an eye patch
1: and at first when i just i saw like the eye patch thing. I was like, my brain went forsaken because we haven't seen where the one got when the one forsaken with the scar is. Samuel. Samuel. We yeah. haven't seen him yet.
0: We have not. He does not wear an eye patch, though. And then I that would read be a, a really shitty
1: disguise. And then I read a descrip. I read his description again, and I was like, wait, uh, but the, why does that sound familiar? Then and then I realized it was Uno.
0: And it's fun because the way it's written, it's supposed to be. Why does this sound familiar? And then oh, it's Uno.
1: I think. Part of me, I thought Uno was dead because they killed him in the show.
0: Did they actually kill Uno in the show? I think he's coming back for season two.
1: That's, it's entirely possible because people also thought they killed Loyal. So,
0: they did in think the, the same, same scene, scene. Yeah, that's true. In
1: the same scene.
0: That episode did have some problems. Killing Uno would Cause, suck. Like, they,
1: they slayed a bunch of those people Yeah. to get the dagger, the and actor, then they stabbed Loyal with the dagger. And
0: the actor who was supposed to play Ingtar but didn't because he got cast in Willow. He was originally cast as Angtar,
1: Uh-huh
0: and then he got cast in Willow and and couldn't do future seasons of the Wheel of Time because Willow which has now been canceled itself was going on so they had yeah, to Yeah,
1: I was like I have never even heard of Willow. So
0: Yeah, the movie, there's the movie.
1: Yeah, the, Yeah. I anyway, know
0: what that is. so so I don't know what they're doing with Inkar in the show. Yes,
1: We need Inkar.
0: We do need Inkar. Inkar's a very important character. Uno is a lot less important unfortunately, and they could kill him off in the show without a huge deal. Like this scene is good for naive because Nynaeve confronting Masima and, you know, handling things on her own without being prompted is, is good for her as a character.
1: I think it helps it that... It need to be Uno. I think it helps that it was Uno because, like, she remembered him and he was in the version of Nynaeve he remembers yeah. was before all this happened so she can kind of try to channel it to get back to that. That
0: and his cursing helped her get back to it because he's cursing a lot and she's just like watch your mouth
1: yeah I (laughs) love it and he does try
0: she gets to be Wisdom naive and like hit him over the head and tell him to wash his mouth out with soap
1: yeah and he does and he tries and she's like okay maybe every other sentence (laughs) and then he's taking that very literally (laughs) he
0: really is Uno is I love Uno it'll suck if he gets killed if he's actually killed off in the show because he's just so fucking earnest yeah. He, like, he's he curses and he owns it, but then Nynaeve, a woman he respects, tells him to stop cursing, and he tries his hardest. He tries so hard that Nynaeve is moved by it.
1: Yeah, she is. I, it's the Borderlander thing.
0: Yeah, Borderlanders are all great. <laughs> Except for Masima. He can go, I don't know, self-immolate or something.
1: He's not really a Borderlander anymore. No. He doesn't got the vibes.
0: Yeah, so Uno's there because... I actually don't remember why Uno's at the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't either. He's just kind of there. He's just kind
0: of there. And and I don't he... think there was a
1: reason. I don't think there was either. I think that's just because the plot demanded it.
0: Sort of. Yeah, but th- so they had been talking about the prophet being around in Gildon and being a problem. All the towns they're going through have had problems with the prophet and the swarm of dragon swarm he's attracting.
1: Oh, that's where this came from.
0: Yeah, I
1: think I just tuned out anything to do with the prophet because <laughs> I thought it didn't matter.
0: It matters, not like a ton, but it does matter.
1: Yeah, this book is just dragging for me. So In the I, middle
0: of this book drags.
1: The whole book is dragging, to be honest. The
0: Rand stuff, I th- the, the think. the stuff is,
1: with Rand, isn't. But the, everything the problem, is so
0: so we'll, we'll talk about this before we get into the Masima stuff, which I realize we keep pushing off but whatever he's nuts he's nuts we'll get to it I think the problem with this book and I like this book this is you know the the you know four five six are really good wheel of time books for me six is very long but the issue that I'm finding with book five on this read through is that unlike book four which had very very good pacing this would have good pacing for each plot individually. But the fact that they're happening at the same time means that we're we're stuck in the the slower bits for both plot lines at the same time, and it leads to a really really long middle part.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the problem. So like the lulls happen; it's right after one another. Right. Rand's lull happens, and then we get to the same lull. If they had just been either two separate books, or if they had started Nineve's like after a major plot point of Rand's, yeah. then it would have. And
0: that's what worked really well staggered. for. Book four, where the same thing happened, right? Like I feel like these plot lines are happening at the same rate and they're hitting the same beats as the plot lines in book four. But in book four, they were all slightly offset. The parent stuff happened a little bit offset from the Rand stuff, which happened a little bit offset from the Egwene and Nynaeve stuff. So
1: that everything kind of climaxed at the same time.
0: Right, right. And and like, the the issue is that the beginning stuff for Egwene and, not Egwene, for Elaine and Nynaeve, I did it again, for Elaine and Nynaeve, feels like the falling action from the climax at the end of book four. So we're we're really, I mean, like, we're hitting the same beats at the same time, and when, when the beats aren't coming very fast, like they tend to do in the middle of a book, it's just, it, it drags on. Yeah. And... Like, the Rand stuff is good. I want to get back to the Rand stuff, because it's really interesting. He's about to fucking assault Kyrian. Yeah. Like, that's... That's
1: it. what's actually happening. My brain is just, Rand and Avienda.
0: Also, yes. <laughs> like, there's stuff going on, and there's stuff going on here.
1: Very similar to how my brain was just, like, paranoid by you.
0: Yes. And... Farron. Farron. <laughs> there's... But, yeah, there's, so, like, this Brigitta and Nynaeve and Elaine stuff is, like, a big thing that's happening here, but... Before it was a bit of nothing happening in the in the caravan, yeah. and after it is a bit of nothing happening in the caravan. Which, with fun character things, we're learning more about Vergeta. Uno's back. You know, interesting things are happening in the world. But Jesus Christ, let's get on with it. Yeah, Val and Luca is not a good time.
1: I don't really even blame Val and Luca I for do. this. I just
0: when you've read this series as many times as I have, you will you too will blame Val and Luca.
1: I I'm kind of like. I don't like it, but I'm just so frustrated with Nynaeve. Yeah. That, like, I'm just blaming anything to do with these sections that I don't like partially on Nynaeve (laughs) because it's in her POV.
0: It is in her POV. It's the same part.
1: part, it's It's the same thing that happened in book one when I started getting tired of book one. It was because I was tired of being in Rand's head.
0: There's a lot of Nynaeve doing the same thing.
1: Like, come on.
0: Yeah. Which like the the end of this section is interesting because when she when she gets to Messina where one Messiima is getting like bowed to by a queen,
1: yep, and like she's given away her jewelry,
0: yep, and naive confronts him and and he's just like, oh well, you're not a good woman, you must be." overjoyed to be able to go back to, to Randolph or the Dragon Reborn so that he can set you straight as a woman.
1: He doesn't ever say Randolph or he...
0: He says the Dragon he Reborn. He threatens
1: to kill people who call him Rand.
0: That is true. And Nynaeve has enough and she's she snaps because he's telling her that this boy that she saw grow up is gonna set her right and, in her womanly ways.
1: And that, like, she's dressing too provocatively. Yeah. She's
0: like, she's, you? she's still wearing the dress from the performance. Well,
1: because she ran, like, she...
0: She ran after she, Uno.
1: She hadn't gotten to her performance yet. Her and Brigitte hadn't performed yet. She just kind of dipped. Yeah. She's like, oh, Uno, I'm gonna avoid my performance
0: <laughs> now. Yep. And then we have fucking Masi- Masima, who's just like, you're a slut. Yeah. Like, Chill out, dude. I want
1: to punch him in the face.
0: A lot of people want to punch him in the face. Unfortunately, he has a lot of very fervent supporters and religious fanatics. they're just like taking over Gildad and the whole area is fucked because the the area had gone through several different queens.
1: Because he kept killing them. He kept
0: killing them, and also generally it's a relatively unstable region. There are white cloaks everywhere. Glod
1: comes back up. Yep.
0: So the whole, like, the common people in Gildan and Amadesia are just, like, crushed between the prophet and the white cloaks. And Who it's not oh, a good time. apparently
1: supposedly hung someone of the black Aja. How
0: much do you want to bet that was just a random apothecary woman?
1: Yeah, probably. They're but not
0: very smart, the white cloaks.
1: No, but someone called her Black Aja. and Now people are there's whispers of their Black Aja being real, which I mean, they are. Always whispers of the
0: Black Aja being real, though.
1: They are, though. Also true. And they are back. Yep. Out and about and doing things.
0: So yeah. So Nynaeve goes and and she basically has this idea to ask Lasima for a boat to Tear, and he says that they're gonna he says they're gonna get a get them a boat. Yeah. But it's left kind of ambiguous as to whether or not they're actually gonna take the boat when they leave
1: going to, and I, it seems like Uno is gonna go with them. Yeah. He's like, I want to get you back.
0: He also, he and some of the other Shinarans are just like not having it with Masima. And
1: they're like, he's like, I am tired of following Masima around. Can you please give me something else to do? Yep. Can I please escort you to Tyr so that I can get away from this asshat?
0: Yep. Because one of the things that he's doing, and, and I think the scene does a good job of kind of drawing this line where Masima and Ragan, the other Shinaran who's with Uno and Nynaeve, they're going through all the, like, Shinar niceties. You know, like, peace, favor your sword. Yeah. They walk in the light. And Masima's basically just, like, dismissing them outright. Yeah. And, and saying, no, That's this is That's why
1: isn't. I say he's not a Shinar anymore. Yeah,
0: and they're they are basically treating him with respect out of history at this point. Not out of actual respect.
1: And probably partially out of fear of their head being on a spike.
0: That's true. hes He's got a lot of fervent supporters who would kill queens, do awful things. So...
1: Yeah, they're yeah. gonna have more people with them, and he's kind of like, "What is with all the men?" <laughs> Thinking that we need to be protected.
0: Yeah, which I mean, like she's right, but also she does need help. <laughs> they do need help
1: because they can't channel right now. Because the second they do,
0: right, Mogadian's Mog- Mog- gonna Gideon's show gonna... up and be like, "Hi, have have you met <laughs> me? <laughs> my my friend Compulsion."
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, it's not gonna be a good time. And also, like Tom and Julian have both helped them immensely. When they've been in a lot of trouble and they yeah. haven't been able to channel like Tom channel is, out of
1: them. Tom is giving Elaine Game of Houses tutorials now. Yep. Like, and when she tells them everything that's happening, and she's like, "So if you stay, it is with the full knowledge, and you still have to follow what we say." But I couldn't keep having you follow us around,
0: yeah, we without you didn't... knowing
1: the full information. And he's like. Well, I'm not done teaching you yet, so I'm going to stick around. And then Julen's like, Rand would probably smack me if I didn't deliver you back to him safely. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he's like, I would never leave somebody in danger. Yeah. But, okay. Good attempt, Julen. We actually didn't talk about that. When when after Elaine bonds Brigitte, she goes out to talk to Tom and Julen, who they know something is up. They've always known something is up.
1: Yeah. And they just... Kind of like "Eh, they take it
0: very evenly because they're just like, yeah, of course something like this is happening. I do feel like, given what happened in Tanchico, it was kind of shitty of them to not tell Tom and Julian. Yeah, like like good on Elaine for making it right, and I think that that's one of the things that Elaine does, where she's she is wrong, and then she realizes she is she has been wrong, and she tries to make it right. Yes. It's not what Naive does. Naive no. doubles doubles down.
1: Yes, she does.
0: But Elaine's like, okay, look, stuff stuff's going on, you deserve to know as much as I can tell you. And, and she leaves some of it out.
1: Yeah, but, but she tells them she tells them the information that Directly puts them in danger if they right. continue to be with them.
0: <clears throat> right, Mogadian's coming after them. The Black Aja's coming after them. Well, yeah, I don't do remember the...
1: what she really leaves out.
0: I think she. I, I don't remember exactly. Probably the stuff about the tower breaking.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: That's just a guess. You know, it, it's come up before, but this is this is also it's it's one of my favorite Wheel of Time books in general. But this is also where the Wheel of Time does start to run together for me.
1: I think she also leaves out that Brigida's a warder now, just because that can basically get distilled.
0: Yeah. yeah. And also like Brigitte's a fucking hero of the horn, like
1: Which Tom knows.
0: Of course Tom knows.
1: He's like, I recognize that arrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, an arrow came through. One of one of her silver dream arrows. Yeah. Which I don't I think it's a huge point, but like, I wonder if it does anything. It's I don't probably know. not. It's probably just an arrow. It's
1: probably just an arrow.
0: It might be made out of some weird stuff to make it like a good arrow.
1: Yeah, because it's not just like painted silver.
0: Right. Like, is silver.
1: But if it was silver, it wouldn't really pierce anything. So.
0: Right, unless it's like weird dream silver that has like perfect weight and balance and sharpness and strength.
1: Yeah, because silver is a really... It's very soft. Yeah, it's very soft.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I liked about this this bit with Uno, getting back to it, is that we really do see Neneve start to come back. Yeah. Between Uno kind of cursing a lot and her stepping in and, like, really being, the like, the wisdom again.
1: Yeah, like, uh, watch your mouth.
0: Right. And then being able to stand up to Masima, who, like, for her right then, holds a lot of power over her. He was just... Talking down to a queen,
1: and she's still like, "Who are you to tell me that my dress is too low cut?" I'm right. aware that it's too low cut.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't need to tell me that.
1: I, I already know. know.
0: Yeah, so like, I, I like that, and I think it's a, I, I think it's a sign of Nadine starting to come back to herself. Yeah, she obviously she's she hasn't dealt with her block. She she still needs to do that, uh, and I you know breaking down and dealing with her block are two separate things because the way that she's. Kind of healing from this is getting back to where she was. And what she needs to do is be able to let go of control. That That's the big problem with her block, is that she always needs to be in control.
1: And she's too afraid of what could have happened if she had blocked herself channeling.
0: Right. So... And that's just not the way to, to channel Sidar. No. You have to be open to... You
1: have to surrender to it.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And then it ends with Galad following them.
0: Yep. We don't actually... Talk to him.
1: No, there's. He's. She's just like. Ah, God. I know who that pretty face is. God
0: damn it, Galad! Why are you? What following? is
1: Brigitta gonna say about Galad? If Val Luca was too pretty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, something tells me Brigitta might actually like Galad.
1: I think she's gonna think he's far too pretty.
0: Yeah. But I think. And so she's not going to trust him. I don't know that she she won't trust also, him. Also,
1: she's going to inherit some of Elaine's feelings about her own half brother.
0: That's true. And actually, we haven't talked about that. Do you think the bond is going to be any different between a Aes Sedai and a female warder?
1: I don't know.
0: Because we, we haven't spent that much time with anybody who is bonded other than Moraine. And Moraine has not focused on her bond with Land.
1: No, she hasn't. But, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be any different. I don't know if, like, I don't know how much feeling each other's feelings happens between a bond. I don't know if because both of them were kind of socialized in the same way that they might understand each other a little bit better than, like, a traditional male and female Yeah. because they were socialized in different ways because, like, gender doesn't really actually play into how you think. It's just how you socialize, how you're socialized. That's fair. But, you know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is that I really dig it, <laughs> and I am a little bit flabbergasted that there is not a single fan fiction on AO3 that has them as a ship.
0: That is a little surprising to me. It's not very surprising to me, because it's it's just, no. It's like, I don't like the land-moraine ships, of there, which there are also few.
1: There are 80 of the works. Are, 80 of are land and moraine. Are they really? Yeah. I think it's one of the more popular... I think... That's that, weird. Because I was just doing tag research. I didn't go in the works section. There's a uh-huh. section on an Ao3 where you can just like search tags, and so I was just like looking at looking at the relationship tags. Because mm. names don't really tell me anything. If I haven't no, met don't. them, I just quickly dismiss it. Of like, I don't know who that is. That's fair. There was a Elaine Brigida and Matt, <laughs> which is <laughs> intriguing, and I will have to find that when I'm allowed to read fan fiction.
0: I know where that comes from. <laughs>
1: I just think that's a very interesting dynamic, and yes. I really hope it's rated E.
0: <laughs> I E? You want that to be an E-rated ship?
1: E is explicit.
0: Ah, okay. I was thinking, like, video games.
1: No, it's G-T-M-E. Okay. General audience is teen, mature, yep. explicit.
0: Okay, yeah. Something tells me, reading the books has told me, that <laughs> Brigitte and Matt would have a good time. They both have lifetimes of experience plural
1: and they have the same vibes they
0: really do have the same vibes
1: <laughs> it's the bi energy i w- okay this this series I, is bisexual i,
0: I don't think brigida has bi energy no she does I don't, I don't see it i see matt having bi energy i don't see Brigitte. i see elaine having bi energy so does brigida i don't see it i think she's she's straight and very comf- and, and very confident in it
1: Nah, she's bisexual. Nah, I
0: don't see it. That's fair. Yeah, although this series the is very biased. Out of the two
1: of us, which one is the bisexual girl? That's so, fair. That's <laughs> very fair.
0: Yeah. I think,
1: in terms of gaydars, <laughs> mine has a little bit more weight.
0: That's that's fair. That's very fair. This series is very biased. So. It is very bi. <laughs> it, it is. It is. We we've said it a lot. It's much gayer than it has any right to be. It's also much bi-er than it has any right to be. Yeah, because like I think I think this might be the the biased series I've ever read. Like series are I feel like there are definitely like gay series, and yeah. not like derogatorily because fuck that. Yeah, but like there are series that give off very gay vibes. Yeah, and I'm down for it. Yeah, this this book this series gives off bi vibes. I'm down for that, too. Down for any of the vibes. Because really.
1: the vibes are different.
0: They are definitely different. I, I, I'm, I'm down for any of the vibes, as long as they're good. Yeah. No bad vibes.
1: No bad vibes. No thank you. But yeah, I think this probably, because you haven't really read a lot of series, and I've only had you read I've read a lot
0: of romance series. I'm talking about fantasy series. Yeah, that's true. There are definitely fantasy series I've read that have gay vibes. Yeah. And they've been pretty good, because, you know, they were written well. Vibes have nothing to do with quality.
1: Although also, like, because the f- series that you tend to read are very long, you've read a lot of books. I have you have not read a lot of series.:
0: <laughs> I read very fast, thank you very much.
1: But like, 14 book series.: I have read Cosmere is like
0: 18 a million I have read book series. I have read whole, like, nine book series that I've forgotten.
1: Well, I, mean, see, I don't hasn't? remember them. Who hasn't? I
0: have to, I have to try and find them. I, every now and then I try and find them. But uh, yeah, I've read a lot of series. Because I started reading these in like early middle school.
1: Yes, in early middle school you would also have not picked up on all the gay vibes probably. It's like...
0: No, some of them I definitely did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Pillow Friends.
0: Oh, and I'm talking other series. Ah. Uh, uh, there's an author, Tamara Pierce. Who I read a couple of her series. And they're real gay. I'm down for that. Yeah, and they're, they're, she, she, she writes good books. I think it's been a while since I've read them. Maybe my opinion would differ now, but now author's I I name I read them. sounds familiar. Yeah, she did some really interesting s- stuff that wasn't really being done at the time. Sort of similar to Robert Jordan, like you know, Robert Jordan, you know, he he does not write his women characters perfectly, but for the time,
1: they're not damsels in distress.
0: They are certainly not damsels in distress. That's for damn sure.
1: He he writes kind of one type of woman. But at least it's different than all of the other fantasy series that wrote one type of woman at the time. Yes.
0: So. And and he writes he writes one type of woman, but it, uh, at least he writes a lot of different shades of that woman.
1: Yeah. And it's not a damsel in distress. Right. It's
0: not one note. It's just a family of notes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's either quiet, strong woman, loud, strong woman. Yep. Quiet, strong woman who can channel. <laughs> loud, strong woman who can channel.
0: Yep. And then Moraine. And
1: then Moraine.
0: <laughs> who is Gandalf.
1: Yeah, we're like, Osbed Lujan is strong woman. Yep. Loud, strong woman. Yep. Fayil is loud, strong woman. Uh-huh. Min is more quiet, strong woman.
0: Yep. Elaine can be both.
1: Elaine is, I feel like, quiet woman who can channel. Uh,
0: yeah, Elaine breaks out of the mold a little bit more because she's much more flexible, honestly, than a lot of the, the women in the series.
1: Which is why I put her just in kind of quiet. I yeah. guess loud it would be stubborn, but I don't want to say stubborn because it has a negative connotation. And, we'd, like... and some of
0: them are stubborn. Nynaeve is stubborn. She is. It is a negative quality in Nynaeve how stubborn she is.
1: Yes, but I don't want to as a category name.
0: Ah, that's fair.
1: Have it be something that has a negative connotation.
0: That's fair. But yeah, no. Unfortunately, a lot of the women he rides are are very inflexible. Yes. They are very set in their ways. Avienda. Avienda. Avienda, I think, is a little different because she's at least she gives off an impression like Elaine gives off an impression and, and, and Egwene, who is unfortunately kind of going in the other direction where
1: she's annoying me, too.
0: Yes. At, uh, Avienda gives off the impression that she is in the process of changing. Like all this stuff with Rand is forcing her to confront things. Yeah. And she's going from being a maiden to being a wise one. It's a very transitory period in her life, like it is for everybody in this series. Yeah. Because, like, the world is ending. And everybody knows it. Yeah. I think we've covered just about everything. I think so. The The big thing happened at the beginning. Brigitte is now warder to Elaine.
1: There's creepy religious dude.
0: Yep. Who I'm sure won't come up again at all, ever. Definitely and not.
1: Uno is...
0: Uno is eye patching his way around town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With
0: his flame and eye patch. Yup. Let's do some recurring segments. Min's not in this segment. There's no auras.
1: Well, we do see Tom juggling fire. We do. And that was one of her visions of oh, him. Oh,
0: yeah, it was. That's a good call. He literally juggles fire. He
1: literally juggles fire. Do you
0: think that's what the vision was?
1: I don't know. I'm asking you.
0: <laughs> I, it might be. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. I forgot it was a vision. Yeah. It might Tom literally be him juggling fire. Quite
1: literally juggles fire.
0: Yeah, there's there's something else it could be because
1: like we, his two visions, I think it was like juggling fire and the White Tower. Yeah, which like the White Tower could mean anything. The
0: White Tower could mean anything. I know what that one means, and and it, it might be related to, to juggling fire, one power. It, it's either it literally juggling fire or it's something else that happens in a later book.
1: But maybe uh, question mark aura? Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll see. We also
1: get reference to a little bit um of. Elaine thinking about Min's viewing of her sharing Rand with several women. And yeah. like, she has a dream after bonding Brigida as her warder. Like, she's still binding Rand as her warder, which, like, is not going to happen. Girly. No. I don't. I think that is an unrealistic goal to have. <laughs>
0: Yes, bonding the dragon reborn. That would never happen at all.
1: I don't know if that was sarcastic or not.
0: I don't know what tone I was intending to portray there.
1: Yeah, I and normally I'm pretty good at telling your tones apart, even though most people can't. The benefit of being married to you.
0: That It does help. You have to hear my voice most days.
1: Yes, because we work from home. We
0: do work from home.
1: But yeah, I, like... Girly. Why?
0: Okay, why do you think that's not going to happen? Let me phrase it that way.
1: I just think that that is an unrealistic goal.
0: Why is it an unrealistic goal?
1: He is the fucking dragon reborn. Okay, that's you fair. are just a random, not even Sedai.
0: <laughs> she is a princess, but if Masima's to be believed, he, Rand's very presence means monarchies are done.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I just think it's a very unrealistic goal. I don't <laughs> think Rand's going to want to be bonded as a warder.
0: That's fair. Not even to Elaine? Nah. He is too independent.
1: And also, like, just, he's got three women. Why bond them? Why bond himself to one that way? That's fair. It just seems unfair. I, unrealistic goal. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily predicting that it's not going to happen. I just,
0: you just think it won't.
1: I just think it won't.
0: Okay.
1: I think it's an unrealistic goal. Okay, okay. But she has that dream, and then she also has dreams of seeing Rand with a plethora of women. Yes. Including Nynaeve, understandable. She doesn't really know who the third woman is. Yeah. who the... Other women are. Min, sure. confirmed, is one of the women. Yeah. Moraine, Avienda, also kind of basically <laughs> confirmed. Baralaine was one of them, which I guess makes sense. She yeah. was trying to sneak her way into bed. She was. Bed. And amathera and also Leandrin, which just like, yikes. No,
0: if there, if there was ever a lesbianist lesbian in the Wheel of Time, it's Leandrin. I'm
1: also kind of, in my tag research on AO3, I am glad that the Wheel of Time... Fandom does not write all that much fan fiction because if they had as if they had the same amount of works as they as Harry Potter fan fiction does, Rand and Leandrin would absolutely have <laughs> at least five works. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't want to read it. Sure.
0: I oh, we didn't talk about Leandrin. We didn't. Leandrin eh. so when when we'll we'll do that real quick and we'll go back to the recurring segments because we're really good at podcasting. When Mogedian gets shot by Brigida, she pops back into the into the real world. Leandrin
1: makes a dumb decision and tries to attack her. Yeah,
0: all the other Aes Sedai are trying to help her, and Leandrin's like, oh, she's weak. I'm going to try and compel her. And she gets absolutely owned. Yeah. She gets shielded. All of the other Aes Sedai in the room are like, what the fuck is happening? She gets shielded. It gets, Mogenian ties her in a shield so complicated it's never going to come undone on its own. And there isn't probably anybody living who can undo it.
1: Yep. And so, even the even if there was, she wouldn't have time to go find them because she's going to be stuck working in the kitchens for the rest of her life.
0: Yep. She, she puts her to work in the kitchens, but not before compelling her to live. And Mogedion says, and we have no reason to not believe her here, that compulsions like that are very, very hard to undo because they're what you want to do naturally anyway.
1: Yeah. Basically, she's...
0: She's stuck as a kitchen wench for the rest of her life, which will be very long because she can channel.
1: And she wasn't actually stilled.
0: Right. She still has the one power. She can sense it, but she can't touch it because there's a really complicated shield in the way.
1: Yeah, she's basically been stilled, but...
0: But not uh, really.
1: And I think... In a different world, I might feel bad for her, but I don't think that this is the last we've seen of Leandrin. I don't think this is going to make her go away. Okay. And so I don't feel bad for her. Okay. If we never saw her again, I'd kind of feel bad for her. If like, you that remember sucks. her at all. If I remember her. Like, in the moment, if I thought oh, we're just never going to see Leandrin again. Oh, I kind of feel bad for her. But I think we're going to see her again, and she's just going to continue to kind of just be there, and I don't want her to be there, so I don't feel bad for her at all. She can suffer. That's fair. Leandrin is the worst.
0: Leandrin is the worst. And now she's the worst at channeling. Yep. Yay. So, yeah, that was the Leandrin stuff. Back to recurring segments. Ship updates.
1: I kind of ship Elan and Brigida.
0: <laughs> I don't get it, but okay. Is that like an official ship, or you think there is a ship on the horizon?
1: I think that it's not necessarily a ship that I would like actively ship but it's one of those ships that if I if it came across AO3
0: mm-hmm. you'd read it I'd read it okay
1: it's not there's some ships where I'm like I guess I can see it but I just still have no interest in reading it. There's some ships that I'm like I don't ship it I wouldn't write it but I'm really interested in this dynamic so I want to see how different people are writing it which is just the gateway into actually shipping it because <laughs> there are a couple Harry Potter ships that were like that and now I just fully ship them and now I'm writing them so
0: okay sure I don't agree but sure I don't see it
1: that's fair yeah
0: I don't have any ship updates I'm not the one that we're hearing for. <laughs> favorite <laughs> well, moment I think it is the confrontation with Mogidion it shows uh, Forsaken being like a real threat yeah. And, and like a direct threat, not an indirect one, where she's like operating the shadows trying to trap Egwene. Yeah.
1: I think mine is either Elaine bonding Brigitte as her warder or Val and Luca mockingly calling Brigitte, Brigida.
0: That was pretty good.
1: It's so funny.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, that is all of the Wheel of Time stuff we have. But since we have our own platform, you're writing a book. You wrote a book.
1: I wrote a book.
0: Yes, you're not writing a book. I'm not writing a book. I wrote a book. Although maybe you are writing a book. Are you writing your other book yet?
1: Not yet. Okay. So you wrote a book. I'm I'm in the outline process for my next books. You wrote a book. I wrote a book. Tell the people about it. It is called Queeried Sick. It is a queer romance, which is not at all surprising if you've been listening to this podcast. It is... Is a queer romance set in a publishing company during the pandemic. And we've got two bisexual disasters getting to know each other over text messages. There's lots of texting. There's a cat. There's some Zoom dates. Grumpy sunshine.
0: I like some of those things.
1: Forced proximity, but also not because they're socially distanced, but they're forced to work together. So I'd say it's still forced proximity. Sure. Found family. Yay. Grand old time.
0: All right. Well, keep an eye out for more information about Dallas's book in the next couple episodes.
1: And if you don't want to wait, you can follow me on Instagram at author Dallas Smith.
0: All righty. This was season five, episode seven, chapters 34 through 39 of The Fires of Heaven.
1: Next episode, we will be reading chapters 40 through 44. Bye. Bye.